We're going to talk about denial of self. Amen. Or self-denial. Denial to self simply means <clears throat> to reject our own ability. Amen. You don't go in, in your strength. You go in God's strength. When you, are, uh, you deny self, self-denial is when you supply your own answers. Amen. To your questions. That's what, I'm sorry, that's not self-denial, that's self. It's when you supply your own answers to your questions instead of seeking God. Amen. That's when, that's self. See, a lot of people think self and flesh and, and all that is when you sin. It's not. It's, it's something as simple as you coming up with your own answers because you think you don't need to ask. Amen. But everything that we do, we need to go to God. Amen. We need to get an answer. Amen. So you deny self. In other words, when that stuff starts coming up in your mind, those answers, and you know you get confused. You know sometimes confusion can be our friend because it, it ought to stop us and say, wait a minute. <laughs> That's what it does to me. And I say, wait a minute. Let me back up and let me pray. Amen. So sometimes confusion can alert you that you need you're on the wrong road or the devil's trying to put some stupid stuff in there so that you won't come up with the right answer. So you deny self because your your first thing is I'm going to go with this because I think that's the best thing for me. But God knows what the best thing for us is, not us all the time. Now, some things we know because God gives us the wisdom to know. You understand what I'm saying? It's like you don't have to ask God when to go take a shower, what brand of laundry detergent. I'm not speaking so rigidly. Y'all understand <clears throat> what you want to, you know, how you want to furnish your house, what you want to wear, although some people need to ask God. You understand what I'm saying? You know, before you come out with the, you know, some people don't, but they're going to get there. But you know what I'm saying. We need to deny our flesh, deny those things that make us feel comfortable, and ask God what his opinion is on some things. You know, at least pray and ask God to confirm it with signs following. Amen. Beware of the false signs. So some things you just got to know. In other words, you got to know your God. Because don't think the devil's sitting there waiting to give you a false sign and wonder. Amen. Then you move over into superstition. This happened. This one woman, you know, she, God bless her soul, not here anymore. But she based her whole life on this happened because that happened. So this ought to happen. And, and you know, that must have been God. It ain't God. Well, that happened, and if I hadn't did this, that wouldn't have. You can't base your life. Well, that's called superstition. It's called witchcraft. Amen. Amen. So there are false signs and wonders. You just got to know God. You got to know God for yourself. Because I'm telling you, he will throw something in there that looks like God's called false manifestations. And he'll throw that in to keep you screwed up. Amen. Well, I know I should be doing it because I've been doing it all this time. Well, it ain't working. So maybe you should stop. Y'all understand what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit can come in there and tell you what's right and what's wrong.
Now, what's on the opposite side of self-denial? Amen. Or, or self. The, uh, on the other side of self is faith. Why do people fall into to, uh, self? It's because they don't have faith. Because if we had faith, then we wouldn't have to listen to our flesh so much. Am I making sense to y'all today? We listen to our flesh because we don't hear from God. Amen. So you got to walk by faith and not by sight. And when you do that, you don't have to deny flesh because your flesh is not lined up with anything other than the word of God. Are y'all here today? Amen. That word deny means to say no or to completely reject or to cast out. Amen. So self-reject or self-denial is to deny our own fleshly ability and your own fleshly desires. It also means to to deny your uh you know, just deny yourself of, of, of um, you know, how some people just want to be heard, want to be seen, and want to accolade. And so when you deny yourself, all that stuff don't matter. Some people go out of their way for some type of attention because they want to be seen, want to be heard, want to be known for something. That's called pride. And you're not denying flesh. Well, the Bible says to deny all that stuff. Amen. Be okay being nobody. And that's called self-denial. Are y'all here? Got kind of quiet in here. Jesus denied himself by making himself of no reputation. That's in Philippians 2.7. It says that he became nobody. He denied himself because he wasn't trying to make a reputation of himself. And see, that's what gets people into trouble. It is pride. That will make you not deny yourself. Pride tells yourself you're right. They don't know me. Hmm. That's called pride. Those are little little helpers that keep pride alive. Amen? Hallelujah. So we ask for God's grace to die to flesh. You need the grace of God. See, that's what grace is. Grace, all this other stuff people are saying grace is, I don't know about that. But I know what grace does. It helps. It enables you to deny your flesh. Hallelujah. Grace enables us to get the job done. God's grace is sufficient. So I know grace enables us to tell our flesh no. Are y'all here today? Let's go to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Hallelujah. Verse 24. 16, 24. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. What does that mean? Well, everybody should try to save his own life. Save yourself. But what Jesus is saying is that when you try to save your life, you try to keep it in a little compartment where you don't let nobody 
tell you what's right and what's wrong. This is my life, and I do what I want to do. I ain't hurting nobody. Preserving your life. Preserving your flesh. Is that making sense? So Jesus says if you are to follow him, you got to get rid of that. you got to be willing to let that go. Let your flesh go because the Bible says whoever tries to hold on to their life will lose it. Amen. See, you can't have Jesus in your flesh too because it's at the two opposite, the opposite ends of the spectrum. Amen. I'll do 25 again. It says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So if you get rid of all of your preconceived notions, get rid of all of your plans, get rid of everything that you think you want and lay it on the table for Jesus, not for, not for anybody else but him. Amen. Hallelujah. Lay it on the line and say, God, I am willing to set this aside to get your plan, your thoughts, your, your purpose for my life. Because, see, those are the only plans that's going to work is what God has for you. Amen. Amen. It's, it's nothing, else will, nothing else will work. Well, my life's been working so far. but You just happen to be in the plan of God. <laughs> Thank God. But if you try to step out of it, then, you know, it says here, if you try to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Verse 26 says, for what, it, what, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? His own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, how much is your soul worth? Is it worth your plans? Is your soul worth what you want to do? Y'all following me today? Amen. See, this is what we need to minister to sinners. How, how, how long and how much do you want to hold on to that life out there in the world that's beating you down? How much is it worth to you? Is it worth losing your whole life? Is it worth losing everything for you know, how far are you going to go and allow the devil to beat you down before you surrender to God? That's a good, that's a whole teaching in itself. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God wants people to take an accurate look at ourselves and see what is it that we can maybe lay down for God. 27, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works amen if you try to hold on to it you'll lose it the willingness to deny one's self-status or possessions in order to to grow in holiness is never wrong amen godliness and faithfulness to god is worth every step and really, you know, when I used to think about this scripture, and I'm like, well, Dad, I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm doing this. That ain't, that's not what God's talking about. He's talking about those things, those inner things, amen, those secret things that keep you motivated, that may not be God. Or even if they're good things, he wants you to lay them on the altar so he can purify them. That's all he wants. Amen. 
He wants to purify everything. And you know what I found out in a lot of things? I haven't been all, I'm, I'm not at the end of the race yet, but I'm fastly approaching. But I found out that God just wants us to surrender things to him so he can fix them and make them better. Amen? He wants to get in those plans to do the part of the plan that we maybe cannot do. Or clarify some things of the plan that maybe we don't understand clearly. And so whatever it is, he wants us to lay it on the altar and be willing like Isaac was willing, Abraham was willing to release Isaac to him. And when he drew up the, the, yeah, and he came down and he says, wait a minute. He was willing. Are you willing? That's all God really wants to see. I found out that most of the plans that I had, God didn't mess with them. And I laid them on the altar and he didn't touch them. He just wanted to see where, he wants to see where our hearts are. And in some things, he clearly took away. And then I've lived to see, I need that. What was I, crazy? Y'all understand what I'm saying? And there's some things that I never considered that he wants me to have that I have to fight for. And sometimes that's what we're trying to get around, fighting for what God wants us to have. Because you've got to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? And sometimes it's easier to just coast. Amen? And just take whatever they, whatever life hands us. Are y'all here today? But God wants you to fight for those things that he wants for us and lay aside those things that you plan and we create. Let's go to Luke 9. Luke 9. Hallelujah. Verse 23. Same things, but said slightly different. Luke nine twenty three says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What does take up your, his cross? That means every day you submit to God. This is just a, a simple submission sermon where you submit god just wants us to submit to him amen include him in our everyday activities put him first you know god's been reminding me in the morning to get a scripture and i've been doing that and my day goes so much better first thing you know he wants your first fruits because the first fruits is holy amen so why mess it up with something else amen give him your first because you're more alert you've had a rest at night you know the morning time is when you want to seek him to see what the rest of your day is going to be last time i I checked (laughs) amen and so give him your best your first fruits is your best your first fruits is already dedicated to him your first fruits or the first part of your day is holy. He knows you have to go to work. Amen. But get your scripture in on the way to work. Get it in the shower. Amen. Hallelujah. Because to, today with the, the demons that's on these jobs, you need God. Amen. All day long, you need God to just deal with, you know, to deal with the day. 
and people in their insanity. I don't know how they make it without God. Man, they got to have some type of sedative, you know, to just deal with the world and how the world is operating. Hallelujah. Verse 24 of Luke 9. It says, for whatever, I'm sorry, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit it is, of, is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him and the son of man will he be ashamed will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory. In other words, when Jesus comes back, he'll be ashamed of you. And in his fathers, and in his fathers and of the holy angels. Amen. And so you you don't want to deny God. Deny yourself. That's what this is all about. Deny you. But don't deny him. Amen. Denial to self is simply putting away fleshly foolishness and do, the, do things God way. And that's what it really is, fleshly foolishness. But these things seem real to us, but that's because of how we think and what we think of what we do. Sometimes people are high-minded because they like attention and they want to be noted for something. And that's fleshly foolishness because God will make you great right where you are. Amen. God will make you great. If there's a name to be had, God will give you that name. He'll make a name for you. Amen. He does it all the time. Joseph was the, the disliked brother of the bunch, the shortest, the smallest. But God made him great. Amen. He made David was another, the smallest son, the baby of the family, the, you know, tending the sheep, unimportant, no physical attributes, but God made him great right where he was. Amen. But he had to deny himself, deny your flesh. Denying flesh is to come, uh, not to be conformed to God's to the world but be conformed to the image of god that's when you deny because that's all that's gonna happen when you deny your flesh you're just gonna be a little bit more like jesus amen you're gonna smell a little bit more like him you're gonna look a little bit more like him your characteristics is gonna be more like jesus and this is why god doesn't mind asking you to give it up because it's not going to hurt you but help you to deny your flesh amen Hallelujah. To receive God's discipline and instructions. And see, this is what people are running from when they don't deny their flesh. Be honest with you. We're running from discipline when we don't deny our flesh. When you keep your flesh alive, I'm going to do this because this is best for me. Because nobody tells me what to do. You're trying to get away from discipline discipline of god amen the instructions of god we're trying to get away from those things because the discipline of god and instructions of god changes us and molds us and remakes us 
into Jesus's character. And that's all God's trying to do. All God's trying to do is make us more like him. So what is it to a man? What is it to profit? To give up his whole, his whole life to, to preserve his rights. That's what we really do. I got a right to, y'all know the drill. I got a right to do this. I got a right to, I didn't do what I, I got a right. But Jesus gave up his rights. And we're to do the same thing where he's concerned. Because when you give up your right, you open the door for God's discipline to come in. Amen. And this is really, see, the devil will tell you a string of things. Well, see, this is because it's, it's nothing but Jesus. Jesus wants to make us better than we are. He wants us to have all of the attributes of him, him himself. And so he, but you can't take your flesh down that road. And so he's asking us to deny flesh those things that's going to mess up what he's trying to instill in us. This is what happens. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians 4. Maybe we can get a better understanding. Ephesians 4. And verse hmm, 20, 22. Well, let's go to 21. It says, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct. What's your form of conduct when you weren't born again and you didn't know God? So the, de- the word is saying, put it off. Put off your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust. In other words, lust is deceitful. Did y'all just read that? In verse 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, if you don't renew your mind, you're going to still think worldly. You're going to do the things you did before you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You're going to act the same way. You'll act okay for a while, but that stuff is in there. How is it in here? Because of here. You've got to cleanse your mind. You've got to cleanse how you think. If we don't think differently, nothing different's going to happen. Well, don't nothing ever change for me because of this. You keep thinking wrong. Wrong will happen in your life. Amen? So you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We just read that. Do you have the Amplified? Let me read it in the Amplified. In 22, it says, strip yourselves of your former nature. Put off and discard your old unrenewed self, which which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusion. (laughs) Deceived. Delusions. Verse 23 says, And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Verse 24, And put on the new nature, 
the new regenerated self created in God's image, God-like, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, rejecting all falsities and being done now with it. Let everyone express the truth with his neighbor. For we are all parts of one body and one member, one to another. And when angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. Amen. And so God is, is trying to explain to us what he wants. What he wants is very simple. He wants you to put your life in his hands. Don't nobody care anything about what we're going to lose because we, we only have everything to gain. Amen. See, God is not trying to take anything from us. He's trying to get the best to us. Amen. Amen. So we need to rejoice in the Lord and have no confidence in our flesh, but put our confidence in Jesus Christ. And we offer our bodies up to him for his service. Do you know that's what we were here for? You got born again to serve as God. You got born again to do his work. It's not to try to get everything from God that you can suck. Amen. And see, this is what people think born again is for. Now, it is for you to receive miracles. But, you know, that's just part of it. You know, when you are born again, it's to save your life. Amen. And it's to do a service to Jesus, you know, from you. Amen. When you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, you say, Jesus, I want to work for you. I want to die for you. You died for me. I'm going to give my best to you. Amen. And so what we need to do is obey what God is telling us to do. And he's telling us to surrender ourselves unto him. That's all he wants us to do is surrender to him. Amen. Let's go to Romans 8. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to read yours, Avis. My pages are torn in Romans 8. Verse 12. Romans 8, 12. I have most of it here. It says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. In other words, we don't have to. That's not who we owe. See, the price has been paid for us to live sinful. Amen. You don't have to cash in. You don't owe anybody anything. So, in other words, you are not a debtor to your flesh you don't have to obey it amen you don't have to follow it amen it's like you can just say no i don't want any parts of it no and no is anointed hallelujah verse 13 says for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body and you will live for as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So in other words, it's this. Are you led by the Spirit or are you being led by your flesh? That's the big question you should ask yourself. Amen. 
flip over to Romans 12. As many as are led of God, those are the sons. In other words, those people who obey God and let him lead him, those are the true sons of God. Getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. Not those who launch out in the flesh. Amen. And follow their fleshly desires and refuse to give them up because they don't want to be wrong. What is, it's no big deal if we're wrong. We're not made perfect. We're made in the image of God, but everything we have comes from him. So what is it if we're wrong? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Amen. Romans 12:1. it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, God's not asking us to do something super unordinary. Amen. But if you are born again, you've been purchased with the (laughs) precious, and devil's a liar because it is precious. You've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus, and so it's not anything under under the un, unordinary for God to ask you to serve him because he purchased you with a price. That's why you live and breathe and have his being. You know, in him we live and move and have our being. In him we can do all things. In him he's the vine, we're the branches. In him we live. Amen. Nothing happens outside of God. Nothing. And so we shouldn't hold back when he's asking us to give of ourselves. All he's asking you to do is give up your bad attitude. Let's get down to brass tacks. He's asking you to give up your your bad thinking, wrong thinking. He's asking you to give up your nervousness, your worries, your anxieties. This is the stuff he's asking you to give up. And these are the things we're trying to hold on to. You know why? Because it's comfortable familiar amen and we're used to doing it some people if they don't worry or or you know they think sometimes we think i'm gonna say we because i we think we're not taking care of business or we don't care you understand what i'm saying and so we need to release these things to god the bible says cast your cares upon me for i care for you And so we're to let these things go. We are to release these things so that God can take care of them. And him and only him. Amen. I'd rather release things to him before anybody else in this earth that I know. Y'all understand? Because he's the only one that can help me. Amen. (laughs) So he's really given us an invitation to lay down everything before him and let him sort it out amen and see this is why we worry so much because we don't release things to god and let him show us how to do things better that's all he he wants to increase your life he's not trying to take anything away but your natural senses will tell you that you're losing your life but you are but you're losing the wrong thing amen you you're losing these things that will hold you back eventually amen so present our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your reasonable service 
you know, he's not asking you to do something that's impossible or he's not asking you for anything big. In fact, God is asking us to release our garbage to him. Hallelujah. You know, pride, anger, fear, rejection, disillusionment, whatever that is, discouragement, depression. These are the things that he wants from us. He'll want to take your money. He don't want to take your friends. Well, some of them he needs to take. But I'm going to tell you something. If you start releasing these things to God, he'll give you better friends. Amen. Hallelujah. He'll give those friends that will lay down their life for a friend. Because that's what the Bible says you do. You lay down your life. You know, uh, the other night there was some crazy people in a truck and they... This lady, this man was beating this woman up. And I heard it, the screams, and the girls say, Gigi, is some lady outside screaming. I said, I thought I heard that. And I came, and they said, come here, we're looking at her. And we were outside, she's on the ground, it was snowing, it was cold, and some man had knocked her teeth out and everything. Then we saw Ray coming down the driveway. And Ray went out there and separated her from him and told her to come with him. And he intervened. And it could have been, amen. And actually, she came to their house and was knocking on the door. And uh, then he, he went out there. And so when we saw him, we started praying in tongues and binding the devil. And he, the lady wound up getting back in the car with him because she's crazy. Well, he left, hit her with the truck. And all this other drama, but some other people in another car stopped, and they resolved the issue. And I know that that gave that man time to think about what he was doing. And so this is the type of people we need. Most people, we know some people stayed in their houses. That's always looking out at everything. <laughs> but when the going get tough, you don't see, see, these are people who have fear. And they're not the type that will lay down their life for a friend. Amen. Hallelujah. But that's what that is. That thing on the inside of him said, I'm going to go help this lady before something, you know, you read about it on the news. And so those are the type of people you want around you. Hallelujah. Because it could have ended up with some trouble, real bad trouble. But, you know, we prayed and Ray diffused the whole situation. Look, <laughs> look at Bridget talking about, you know. So, you know, because most people would have stayed in the house. I was in the house. <laughs> but I was coming. I was coming out. But Ray was handling it. So me and the girls prayed in tongues, and we commanded that man in the truck to stop and to leave. He left, and then he came back. But it could have been so much worse if that thing had a heightened and hadn't had a, a period where it could blow off and, you know. Because I know, although she's stupid, got back in the truck with him, that anger was at, not at the height that it was before he went out there. Y'all understand? And so these are the kind of people you want in your life. Those who are not afraid to get involved, you know, when... They think they should. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of people wouldn't have done. Then his little friend next door came on out. 
and he was backing Ray up with his gun, you know, talking about, and then he, then he told God, Ray, but I ain't got no, 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 uh, lighting up. <laughs> he had bullets. What'd he say? License. He didn't have a permit, but I got your back. You know. Whatever. But he came out. Amen. He came out. Amen. Those are the kind, because you'd be surprised when it's trouble. A lot of people are like, you can't see them. They'll leave you. They don't care. But the first people that's always jumping up wanting to be seen. But when God can really give them some brownie points for getting involved, they run and hide. Amen. <laughs> they run and hide. But, you know, those are the kind of people. That's what the Bible is talking about, people who will lay down their life for a friend. He didn't even know that crazy lady, and she was drunk. Boy, the, the, the world. I don't understand. Well, let's just keep moving. Because we can't understand the world. Amen. Verse 2 says of, of uh, Romans 12, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How would you ever know if you don't try some things? Try God and don't be a part of the world. The world is a, a godless, the Bible says it's a, a godless system. That's what the world is. A lot of people don't think so, but that's what the Bible says it is. A godless system. It's a system that's run with certain, under, some, certain beliefs, certain attitudes, pr- preferably uppity, and everybody wants to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. People who are in the know. Amen. But God says he don't want us to be conformed. Amen. He don't want you to fashion your life after the world. He wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He wants your mind to be renewed in the word of God. Why? So that you'll do the right thing at the right time. Amen. We need to commit ourselves to the kingdom ideals kingdom purposes and pattern ourselves after the kingdom after jesus and not after the world even in appearance you know preachers try to look like everybody on the street you can't go and buy every dress heidi klum wears amen because she don't know god we have the mind of christ we need to act like it dress like it talk like it you know, yeah, you're going to be different, and people won't want you around, but that's a good thing. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go to Philippians 3. Philippians 3, verse 10. Amen. God wants us to know him, know him in his righteousness and know him in his loving kindness for us. Verse 10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. This is what God wants us to be conformed to. 
He wants us to be conformed to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and understand his sufferings, what he went through for us. Amen. He didn't die for us to be stupid. He didn't die for us to follow our flesh. He didn't die for us to fall into the snares of the enemy. But he died for us so that we would follow him. Amen. He died for us that we will press toward the goal or the mark or the high calling in Christ Jesus and live for him. Amen. Move when he say move. If he don't say move, don't move. Amen. No, he wants, he's here to perfect us. Amen. He's here to give us life in it more abundantly. To give us hope, give grace, favor, all of these things, children, grandchildren, finances, health, wealth. He died for all of these things, amen? And we can mess it up following our flesh, not calling things that be not as though they were. That means having faith in God and not of ourselves. Amen. It's fatal for a Christian to follow the world, especially when God, Jesus died and pulled you out of it. Amen. Not good to desire the wisdom of the world. Amen. The world is a man-centered organization. It's what the world is. It's man-centered. The behavior and the study is called philosophy. And that's what people are into. Anything that comes out of the mind of a man, the mind of men, that's where the world is headed right now. That's why so many things have changed in our school system. Preachers are picking it up, adopting or adapting, however you would say it, certain traditions that's not of god because of the world because of the world's philosophy amen his set of ideals man liberalism is on the rise new age philosophy the focus is always man-centered and not god Although New Age has a strong religious spirit attached to it, it's still appeasing to man. It puts, In other words, it's like this. Instead of that scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, philosophy says, and New Age says, you can do all things yourself. It's man-centered. Y'all here today? And so this is to X out Jesus. It's, I mean, that's why, look, just look at the world. He, he's left the school system. He's leaving the court system. That's why there's so many innocent people in jail. Amen. People walking around done worse than the ones that's in there, the ones that are guilty. People out on the street, their rap sheet is, is longer than the people that's done time. Why? Because the courts are not fair because God is not there amen there's no justice amen hallelujah because of liberal thinking liberalism and new age man-centered thinking you can do all things you don't need god and and then the new age system 
attaches God with it. You know, the age of Aquarius, the 60s and in the, in the 70s. You know, hug a tree, love, love people, love peace and war. But just don't let me be sober. It's called false love. It's the false love movement. And you notice these movements could not leave religion. Religion is right in the middle of all these movements. That's what the peace sign was all about. And we just love the earth and we love one another, man. We're so stoned, but we just love one another. And this is the age of, that's, this is the age of, well, it's past, but it's still here. It's left its mark on this world. God says not to follow those things, not to follow liberal thinking, not to follow the false love that appears to be motivated with liberal thinking. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at people. I'm just going to give you an example of liberalism, new age, and the false love movement. People like Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey, Dr. Phil, man-centered. They're, they're modern-day theologians. Amen? Philosophy. What do I mean? They got a little piece of God in there. They always mix a little bit of God. Y'all notice that? A little bit of God in there with a whole lot of flesh and self. What? Yeah, propelling your flesh. And see, that spirit is on the churches today. Amen. This same spirit, see, this happened before, even back in the, the uh, 1500s. What century was that? The 18th century? Y'all know, whatever. 1500. 18th century. <laughs> Where's all my college people? It's that, uh-huh. All my Dean's List people, my Kuma Samladi people, where are they at? <laughs> Amen. Well, let's, let's just put it like this. You've heard of Darwin, you know, Darwin's theory of evolution, which ain't true. Aristotle, Plato, all of these theologians and their quotes, you know, Socrates made his quotes real fa famous. The spirit is on Oprah Winfrey, Dr. Phil, and Dr. Oz, and all same spirit. Just new 20, 21st century people. That's what I'm saying. And so you have to be careful about what you receive is okay, because it ain't okay. Amen? And see, what they relate to people is it's okay to have faith in yourself, but it's not okay. You know, have faith in God. The Bible clearly says have faith in God, not in yourself, your abilities, and what you can do. Because those gifts, those, those uh, abilities, those things belong to God. How do people think they got them? They got them from God. Are y'all here today? Whatever your gift is, whatever you're good in, God gave that to you. But see, what we do is we serve the world with them instead of serving God with them. Amen. That's what, amen. See, that's what the spirit of liberalism and new age does. It makes you think it's okay. It is so cunning. 
it's, it covers up and you don't know what you're really doing. Amen. Well, you know, she's giving away a lot of cars. I didn't get one. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't care. I ain't get one. Amen. It's the opposite of, of wisdom and godly understanding. It's the opposite of faith. All of these, you know, practices, this political stuff. And see, liberalism and, and, and uh, th- this new age thing is based in politics. Very political system. Amen. And so we need to reject this stuff. Reject the world's wisdom because the world's wisdom is full of new age. Amen. This person is, as I'm sure you've heard of, uh, uh, what is his name? Martin Luther. And he was born in 1483. I don't know what, <laughs> what age is that? What century was that? I think it was the 18th. 15th century we're in the 21st so it's been that many years okay all right so said Siobhan I trust Siobhan so Martin Luther what he was he was a Catholic well he wasn't Catholic he didn't like that he was Lutheran that's why he was called Martin Luther it was named this religion was named after him but he was after those Catholic people. See, Martin Luther tried to tell us way back in the 15, 1547 when he came against the Catholic Church. And he said, your way of looking at things is wrong. And a lot of people didn't agree with him. And so he, he, when he was 21, he was really young. He went away, became a monk in the monastery. He started to study the Bible. And he um, came back, and he started to try to put the church on track because he knew something was off. And what it was, what he sensed is a worldly spirit on the church, even back then. He saw that the church was not living at its full potential to Christ. And so Martin Luther started to fight. He started a revolt, but he also started a revolution, amen, in the church. And what this thing was, he wrote a thesis. His 95 thesis is, is very um, popular even to this day if you've you know, been anywhere in the church. And his theme on these 95 theses that he nailed to the church door. He, he, when he was so bold, he went to Catholic church and nailed it on the wall, on the door. And you know what his thesis mainly said? Jesus is Lord, not the Pope. They didn't like him. Amen. The Pope ain't God. In other words, stop this man-centered thinking. Amen. So he nailed the church way back then. Of course, they came after him. Even his own parents and his family said, you know, you can't do this. Same thing they tell you now. You can't do that. Or what kind of cult you in? That's a good one. Because, you know, they always, you, are, you know, somebody always going get, to get that, pick that one up. But that's a spirit. He attacked the Catholic Church in its corruption. Amen. 
and he said that they were using indulgence and i had to write this down as a practice instead of dealing with sin indulging it didn't god expose the catholic church not too long ago and they closed up all over the the world because of that same indulgence that the spirit of liberalism in new age wouldn't quite let go kept it alive just enough to build it back up through the years took about what's that been siobhan about how many years from 1547 1513 is when he nailed the 95 thesis to the door till now 200 300 years 200 years 300 years i mean 500 years i don't know how i'm thinking but that's how long it took for this spirit of liberalism and new age to become alive and well amen and see what the catholic church they fought him they didn't like him amen but he started the lutheran church and he he branched off from the catholics and he this was his thing in his thesis the just shall live by faith amen amen that's where that came and guess what that's in here in this bible and that's what his 95 theses were about the just shall live by faith that was the bottom line the pope and god jesus is lord over the church amen (laughs) hallelujah and so people back then god was giving them wisdom on this new age this you know and it caused a revolution in the church where people were set free because they said jesus is lord jesus you know and it was being suppressed and and people were so glad to know that this information was set free and made public to the catholic church amen because they were covering things up you know I'll put it like this. They were um, that same spirit in the liberal thinking. They, um, you know, like when the, when the devil wants you to submit to and say it's a compromise, the spirit of compromise. Uh-huh. And see, this is what he was after. They didn't call it that back then. But the spirit of compromise was in the church. And this is what he was calling indulgence. And he wanted to get rid of it. And you know they mocked him. They did everything. But he didn't stop. And he got the Lutheran church based on the thing where, on that principle of that the just shall live by faith. Amen. He sat there and he studied. And he saw that people in the church were veering off into liberalism and new age. And it's still there. We got rid of it during the... the I believe this after the the uh, peace movement. See, that's what it came off of. All of these movements in the 60s and in the 70s came from this spirit of indulgence. Amen. But it, it stayed covered up. And if anybody is familiar with Kent State and the things that happened on that campus was a result of liberalism in New Age amen and this is it's always going to cause some type of fallout amen you know being able to go and um protest 
you know, and things like that. And it's always some type of bad things attached to protesting. Amen. But, you know, now it's about all of your rights. I have a right to do this. I have a right to protest. And these protests seem to not bring about change. They talk about change. But the change starts on the inside of you. Amen. With Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we have to understand these things, that Jesus is the head of the church. And personal purity is important. Morals matter. And that's where things have gotten off. You know, and you're going to be persecuted. You know, at the end, they called Martin Luther a heretic. He's fighting for Jesus, but he's the heretic. Amen. But you know what? He stood by his convictions that the just shall live by faith. Amen. And this is what we live by. We don't live out of our own fleshly desires. We don't live out of what we see, think, or feel. We don't allow the ear gate and the eye gate lead us somewhere where we shouldn't be. Amen. But faith never fails us. You know, the Bible says your faith will find you out. Amen. So if you're justified, and you are, when Jesus died, his, his death justified every person that's born again. So we are justified. Amen. And we're called for such a time as this is to be, you know, modern day Martin Luther's. Amen. But it seems to me like people want to be more like, you know, Socrates and Plato, these people who had a voice but no vision. Amen. Amen. Not the right vision. And so the vision, your vision can't be clouded with, with carnality. And this is all God is trying to do is get us to hang our carnal boots up, so to speak, so he can give us spiritual boots. So we can run this race with patience, amen, and finish the course. (laughs) Amen. So I'm going to stop now. Hallelujah. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And this is what God wants. You know, we need to have the right understanding and the right perception about God. God loves us. You know, God is thinking about us every day. He's thinking about us every day. His thoughts toward us are good and not evil. Even if you do wrong, you repent. God loves you. And his thoughts toward us are good all the time. Amen. He's thinking about us, according to Jeremiah 20:11. His thoughts are higher. He, he has a short memory. He don't remember back, back when, when you did this and when you said that. Amen? Because he has a forgiving nature. You know, most people think Christians are stupid because he, they think they don't know nothing. No, we just like Christ. We're, we forgive, we forget. Amen? Now, the devil says, I forgive, but I don't forget. That's not forgiving. When you, you know, when you forgive, it's like it never happened. It never happened. It never happened. Because that's how God forgives us. He don't keep a long memory. Devil's got a long memory. He never releases you from anything 
because once you listen to him, then he comes with that condemnation. And everybody's talking about you and everybody's doing this. That's the devil. Amen. But you can easily come out of that by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and believing that he's a man that sticks closer than a brother. Giving up his life. Amen. He gave his life for us. Amen. And all he wants in return is for us to offer ourselves up to him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. And you know what that means? It's just like what Raymond did. Just be used. That's all. Be careful. Be prayerful. Everything, every situation is not for us to get involved with. But when someone comes knocking on your door, you don't turn them away. Amen. Hallelujah. If it's a devil, they'll run. Amen. But sometimes God wants his people to be seen and to be heard. And for people in the world to know, everybody don't live like that. That's, that's not common living. Everybody don't live like that. And there is peace in a home. That's what a home is. A home is peaceful. And when you have problems, yeah, the devil's going to come knocking, but you solve these problems with God. Amen. And you keep, you keep running this race with patience and finish the course. So we need to give up and deny our flesh for Jesus' sake, not to please any man. Man has nothing to do with this. But you deny your flesh and say, you know what, I'm going to read a scripture today and see what God is talking about. Amen. Martin Luther gave his life. Many people gave, Paul gave his life. Amen. He was a murderer. He killed Christians. He hated them. And he had a Damascus Road experience. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. And he messed up and became a murderer, but he still loved God. And God didn't throw him away. Amen. Samson was blessed. He had favor on his life. Amen. And he sold it all to a wicked woman. He found him a woman that was weak. And he was even weaker. And he knew she was no good for him. You know, give me the secret to your hair. You know, because I'm just going to cut it. He didn't tell her, kept tricking her. And finally, she, see, the devil don't stop. He know how to, he need, know how to press, press, press you until you give in. The only way you can get rid of the devil is cut him off now. Make a constant, a constant decision to cut him off, a conscious decision to cut him off. It's the only way. You can't wean yourself off the devil. Amen. Because you'll go down. And he wound up being blind. They poked both of his eyeballs out. But God still gave him his strength back. And he tore down the pillars of the city. Amen. Hallelujah. God is with us. All he wants is a little bit of your time. So you can do one good thing a week for some people that don't know him. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, Father, bless your people. Father, we bless your people. We love you, Lord. And we lift you up, Father. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the desires of our heart. And, Lord, we come against the spirit of liberalism and new age. We break its power right now in Jesus' name. We break it in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we pray for Oprah Winfrey's salvation and Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil. We break the devil's power 
over their tongues, Lord. Give them the tongue of the learner, that they will speak a word in season and out of season. And we thank you, Father. Salvation has come to this household. And we thank you, Father. And we bless you, Lord. And we lift you up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you before we leave. Amen. Hallelujah.